0: I'm Heather Roberts here with Ben Fire Battalion Chief James Adams. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We're going to talk today about Ben Fire's peer support program. And just to remind our listeners, we heard earlier this week about a bill proposed by Oregon Congresswoman Andrea Salinas, where she wants to include training for peer support in the list of other trainings that are already covered by federal grants. So found out that you guys already have a peer support program what is peer support? Why is that important for firefighters?
1: If you think about the fire service as a whole and it's, you know, peer support is a nationwide thing for the fire service and also for a lot of police departments. What was found over time is, you know, our members respond to a lot of calls and with those calls, sometimes they they leave a really good memory and sometimes those memories can um, be bad memories that can stick with you for a while. And, you know, most fire departments across the nation for the longest time had, employee assistance programs and things like that for members to be able to reach out to a psychologist or something like that. But what was found over time is that most of the time, the first thing a firefighter does is talk to another firefighter and other professions are the same. So with that said, there was this idea that, well, if the firefighters are going when they're in a really bad spot and maybe their mental health isn't great or they're having a hard time figuring out how to work through, mentally work through a call that they had. And sometimes that call happened that day. Sometimes all of a sudden a call from five years ago is bothering them. Maybe if they're going to reach out to another firefighter, then wouldn't it be best if we started training some of our firefighters to have not only maybe learn how to communicate through those problems better, but also be trained up on the next steps, because that firefighter is obviously only going to be able to help another firefighter so far. And depending on the situation, they might need more help. So if they need more help, let's train our firefighters to really know the path of more, what more help looks like and help that person find that help. Because sometimes some of these programs that you know are graciously provided by a city or or maybe even a state or grants, sometimes those can be a little tricky to navigate. And if you're in a spot where you're already at a higher level of stress for whatever reason that navigation might be even more difficult. So that's, that's kind of the birth of the peer support program in the fire service.
0: Even without the navigation difficulty with just navigating the mental health system as a whole, From what I'm understanding from talking to other fire agencies, there's stigma with seeking out mental health care. There's also that I think we all want to think of you firefighters as being big heroes who can just handle anything. And so there's kind of a suck it up buttercup kind of mentality that makes it difficult to reach out for help. Is that, am I overstating it?
1: You're not overstating it. I think we're kind of in between a, there was a stigma and there is a stigma right now. And and that also is a byproduct of peer support programs and talking about it more. Historically, it is definitely an environment of, you know, we get back to the station. If it was a really bad call, you're going to talk about it and then you're going to forget about it. That's maybe more a historical perspective of the fire service that probably led. To a lot of the problems that we started recognizing and that and became the advent of peer support. And so, not only are we training our peer support members, but we're training the department as a whole about hey, we are humans. We are not, yes, we are trained to deal with hard things and we get a lot of training on how to deal with that, whether it's exercise, seek counseling, some of that stuff. But one of the things that we have to start doing is being okay with talking about it and being okay that, hey, man, that call, I'm having a hard time forgetting about that. I want to talk about it. And we're continuing to work harder at, hey, we've got to talk about these things because we've got, you know, maybe maybe you've got 15 years left. Maybe you just got one year left. Maybe you've got 24 years left. But those calls aren't going to stop coming. So we have to be able to figure out how to take care of ourselves and each other to get through that career and to continue to help the community the best we can.
0: And of course you take that stress home. There's no, you can't just leave that at the fire station.
1: Absolutely. You do. And you try, you try your best. And that's also training of, you know, like peer support training. We train our peer support members, but another byproduct of that is our peer support members now can go out. And even if they're not maybe being asked by a member that's currently stressed, they are putting on trainings for crews in general about, Hey, what do you do when you get off shift? What are your coping mechanisms for the calls that you just saw the last 48 hours? Are you going to go for a walk, exercise maybe before you get home? Maybe the transition between work and home needs to take a little bit longer so that when you go home, you can engage the way you're supposed to as a mother or a wife or a father or a husband.
0: How many trained peer support what do you call them? Peer supporters? <laughs> yeah, do... peer
1: support team, peer support team members. There's, so many, it's a loose title.
0: How many members do you have at Benfire right now?
1: So we currently have 25 members, which is more than what we started with. We started, I believe, with 13, and it's grown to 25 over the years. And so it's currently 25, and, and they span the different ranks as well as different shifts that they work on. In every station, we have a piece of paper pegged to the different you know, boards across the station that show all those members on the peer support team. But again, if a member is currently in a place where they really need to reach out and talk with someone, are they going to be, well, I can't remember, so I'll wait till Monday to go f- see that list, or are they just going to call one of their friends? So we learn like, the more people that we have trained, the better the program functions, because when a person is having a really bad day, we want them to find a peer support member. And the more members that are out there, the more likely they'll find one.
0: So having those twenty-five people get training, be able to take time to talk with their peers when they're having a struggle, that costs the department money. And and an agency that we already know, thanks to, you know, bond elections, things like that, is already strapped for cash. Why is this a priority then for the budget?
1: I think that's, you know, there's a lot of layers to why it's so important. If you think about the cost of training someone and them having them work for 10 years and ultimately have to leave the organization because they weren't able to handle the stress of the job, you have to factor in that cost, all that cost that you trained them, you paid them, and then they left prior to their career being over. That's a huge cost. Um, There's also the city has to pay workers comp. Well, if a, a member goes out on workers comp That can be really expensive. And now workers' comp prices for the city start to increase. So there's a lot of cost to someone leaving the job early because their mental health isn't in a place where they can continue. Whereas if you think about, and it's 25 people, but those 25 people have been spread out over years and years of their training. There's an initial two-day training that is compensated by the department. Um, And then from then on, the training is really on-the-job training. So a lot of times you're already on shift when you're being trained. So it's your regular hours. We do do a team training. We try to do it quarterly um, and it's just a couple hours where we get together. And as a team, um, we'll go through scenarios. We'll do uh, mock scenarios of talking with one another and also get some updates on the direction that peer support is going across the nation because it's an evolving thing right now. So you're compensated for that quarterly training. If we have a large scale event, within our organization, and we need to bring in peer supporters, those for our department, those peer supporters will be compensated. But again, most of the time, we try to gather people that were on a very serious or tragic call quickly after that call. And so a lot of times that shift has peer supporters that are on duty. And so those peer supporters are the ones helping those crews one, they're familiar with those crews because they work with them on the same shift. And so they're they're already being paid for their shift work. And so it's not an additional cost to the department. Our peer support team also in central Oregon, not every department has one. And so if another outlying jurisdiction has a really tragic event, we can go help them when our peer supporters do that. That is a voluntary thing. We're doing that to help the fire service as a whole. And and there's no burden to the city or the department with those costs.
0: We are almost out of time, um, but I do think, it's valuable for listeners to understand when you're talking about difficult calls, we're not just talking a, a tough firefight. Can no. you give me an example without violating anyone's privacy of, 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 a, of a type of stressful call where someone might seek out someone on that peer support team?
1: Yeah. So our firefighters ride on fire engines, but they also ride on ambulances. And so every time someone calls 911 for any sort of medical emergency or a car wreck, or a fire somebody here is going to that they're responding to that and those calls are everything they're every age of a person whether it's a small child or an elderly person and everything in between and they can be very traumatizing because you can think about anything terrible that you see on the news there was firefighters there most likely and they were taking that in think of the safeway shooting and events like that that happened a couple years ago When firefighters go to those things, that is a lot of intake for a human being to take. Even though we're trained, it adds up over the years. And if we aren't actively pursuing healthy ways to cope with those things, it'll start to negatively impact our ability. And so that's really that's the importance. We want our people to get hired here, to be trained here, to work for our community, take pride in our community and be able to do it for 25 years and not have to leave because the system wasn't in place to take care of them and make sure that they're able to continue on with that job for 25 years and remain healthy and and still be have a family and have a life outside of this place.
0: James Adams, but, uh, Battalion Chief with Ben Fire and Rescue. We are out of time, but I really appreciate you sharing about the peer support program and what you're doing with your coworkers. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: You're listening to FM News 100.1 and 1110 KBND.